Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Are You Ready with Joanne Molinaro, where we talk about how to get ready to live a more purposeful and empowered life. This week, we're going to do something a little different. In honor of our upcoming five-year wedding anniversary, I've invited my partner in just about all things, Anthony, to join me in answering some of the questions that many of you have posed regarding, well, our partnership. As a lot of you know, Anthony and I started dating back in 2014 when he slid into my OkCupid DMs. We got married in 2018, which was pretty surprising to me. I didn't think I'd want to get married again after my divorce, but I found myself pretty head over heels with the piano guy in the South Loop, and I was excited to do things right the second time around. A lot of people don't learn from their mistakes in love. In fact, I think the divorce rate for second, third, fourth, fifth marriages is much higher than the divorce rate for that first love. I think we're often wired to seek out partners who are ill-suited, but somehow provide the familiarity of trauma and drama, right? My therapist says that I have this ongoing narrative in my head, what she calls the Joanne sucks story, and try as I might, I often end up doing things that reinforce that story because in some sort of sick, perverted way, it makes me feel better. This explains why I sometimes pick out partners who are designed to, again, reinforce that narrative in my head that, well, Joanne sucks. And for those of you who know my story, I think that pretty much adds up. That was why she was a little shocked when I described it, how different my relationship with Anthony has been from my first love. Anthony challenges that narrative every single day in his own somewhat brusque, direct, and (laughs) sometimes arrogant way. I know everything. And one of those things is that you are extraordinary. Believe it or not, it isn't always easy to believe him. My brain readily deploys imposter syndrome, body dysmorphic disorder, and just plain old low self-esteem, an answer to Anthony's volley. But the thing is, He always shows up. He never abandons the fight, and he never walks away from it. As he once said to me, a little annoyed because I was bugging him about whether I'd made the right decision to leave my lawyer job for, I don't know, the 37th time, he said, I have more faith in us than any two people on earth. For more on how I ultimately concluded that Anthony was the one, check out episode 53 called Will You Marry Me? You can also watch this week's episode of the podcast on the Korean Vegan YouTube channel. We're styling this as the second long-awaited installment of the Molinaros, a vlog that Anthony and I did about two years ago for our three-year wedding anniversary. Otherwise, let's get into it. to the first episode of the Molinaros, which premiered um, two years ago. Yes, around this time, it was in celebration of our third year anniversary, and we are now celebrating- Our fifth. Our fifth, our fifth year 
wedding anniversary. It's going to be this Friday, which I'm actually quite proud that I remembered. I almost yeah, forgot. Yeah, that was going to be my first question to her. Which... Uh, the 21st. What's the date? The yeah. 21st. The 21st. It's our wedding anniversary in Rome. So I thought I'd kick off this uh, second episode of the Molinaros, kind of picking up where we left off. We talked about a lot of things, but the thing that a lot of people wanted to hear about was how Anthony dumped me uh, a few years, or I should say a few months after we started dating. Is that right? Yeah, so I think it's a good opportunity to, to make sure that it's clear. We started dating in 2014. Correct. Spring, early summerish, 2014. Yes. And we broke up briefly for about one month. One month, six months after that. Correct. So that was 2014. So yes. if you'd like to turn that a few years ago, um, go right ahead. But it's uh, about nine years ago. Nine right? years Almost ago. nine years. Almost nine years ago. Yeah, so it wasn't. It wasn't like right before we got married. It was shortly after we started dating. And as we kind of discussed in the first episode of the Molinaros, we were still sort of getting to know each other and getting our footing. And I think that as Anthony explained in that first video, we were fighting a lot and there was a lot of miscommunication or non-communication that was happening. And perhaps understandably, Anthony didn't have as much faith in our relationship as I did. <laughs> okay, so I dumped her. <laughs> yeah. As she likes to say. Dumped me. Yeah, very aggressive. <laughs> but how did we get back together? Uh, did we talk about this in the first No, video? we didn't talk about okay, this. Okay, so Joanne had a very determined plan. I'm no, sure, I didn't have a determined I'm plan. I'm sure Excel sheets she, were involved. Yes, and... there was an Excel sheet involved. <laughs> I can't live without Microsoft Excel. Yeah. <laughs> Microsoft, sponsor us. Um, but Anthony wanted to still hang out with me, like as friends, sort of. And I just think that's really weird for people who break up to still hang out as friends immediately after the breakup, like not even like a recovery mm. time. I was just really floored by that request because in my view, when you break up and you know, I'd never broken up with anyone before. I had a marriage, divorce, and Anthony. I, I was inexperienced, but I thought when you break up, you just like don't talk to each other. You unfollow each other on all social media platforms. You block each other on your phones. You essentially cut them out of your life. So he didn't want to do that. Breaking up, it's, you know, it's not one size fits all. So I don't remember exactly the situation nine years ago, but, but knowing, I mean, I, totally believe what you say. And I kind of vaguely remember that I was uh, interested in hanging out, however you want to put it, spending time together, being friends, whatever, indicates to me that I didn't think it was necessarily 100% impossible that we would get together, but that a break was necessary because, you know, if you were fighting as much as we were fighting, um, maybe there's, maybe you shouldn't be together basically. Right. So I don't think it's as simple as should you hang out if you break up with someone, you know, I, it's a little more nuanced than that. For sure. And like you said, every situation is different, but I think for my personality, I was so heartbroken 
I thought it was simply really dangerous to continue being in any kind of relationship with this guy unless there was some indication that doing so might ultimately materialize in a healthier romantic relationship. So that was the way I went into it, but I had to have very specific rules in place in order to guard against getting hurt again. And so what that meant was I couldn't see him more than once a week. During that four week period, I told him I will see you once a week. And at the end of that four week period, we have to have a re-evaluation of our relationship. So Joanne, it's unbelievable. I could not. Do you still have the Excel sheet? No, it was not going to be an indefinite. Like I wasn't going to sit there and be like, oh yeah, we'll like hang out for three or four or six or eight months and who knows? It needed to be a very defined thing. If at the end of four weeks we were not back together, I told him I never wanted to see him again. So that was the parameters under which I was willing to entertain some type of pseudo friendship with this guy who totally smashed my heart in December of 2014. All right, let's move on. Okay, so we saw each other four times. How was I during those four? You were a different person for sure. <laughs> and I remember it was around the holidays, right? Yes, Because I invited December. you, I think, mm -hmm. to Christmas at yes. my parents' house, I think. So, so clearly it went well. And then I believe, um, correct me if I'm wrong, that um, early February or late January, I was playing a concert in Florida and you came, was that when we went to the yes. house? You've glossed over so many yeah, yeah, but that's, important details. We're nine years ago. The people, they're ready to move on. I don't think so. Oh, okay. I think they really like this story. All right, but anyway, all of that indicates to me that the four uh, dates or meetings or however you turn them went well, because otherwise I would not have extended an invitation to Christmas Day, uh, festivities, and the trip to Florida. Somebody asked in the YouTube comments, uh, actually a couple people asked in the YouTube comments, like what it was like during that four week period where we were sort of slowly recalibrating our relationship and our expectations of each other. And I, I'm always been curious what it was like for Anthony because he's never really described it. I can say that during that four week period was probably one of the hardest experiences I'd ever been through. It was really, really difficult. I was on the phone with my therapist a lot. It was not easy. And every single moment sort of rode on whether or not Anthony contacted me, whether he texted me, whether we had plans, you know, what things were going to look like on our, you know, once per week meeting. And ultimately I was always terrified that I would never see him again because in my head it was very clear either we're getting back together at the end of four weeks or I'm never gonna see him again. And I never knew what the chances of us getting back together were because Anthony never said like, I like you or I wanna get back together. It was always just like, let's just meet and see what happens. And so that was terrifying living like that every single day and it was not easy. And it was also hard because we still were friends on Facebook after I unfriended him within <laughs> the first 24 hours of our breakup, I refriended him. <laughs> so I could see like, oh, he's having fun. He's like out with his family and like going for runs. And I think you were renewing the lease on your car at that time. And like know. life seemed to have just kind of rolled on as normal for him. But for me, it was like totally stuck and it was really hard. How about you? I think... Um... 
that, you know, we just needed a reset, if you will. And so I, I think it felt a little bit like that. Again, I, I, I don't remember it super well, but I just didn't want to be in a relationship where every other day there was a, a major fight uh, about something. So, of course, I, I don't like hearing again and again and again about how hard it was. Um, but, you know, sometimes things are hard and sometimes you need to just kind of reset. And, um, you know, ultimately it, it worked out. I'm not saying that we ended up getting married because we had this breakup and da 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 But it was though difficult, I think, a healthy thing for us to do. Yeah, it's kind of like your iPhone. Uh, sometimes it starts acting glitchy and like it just doesn't work the way like your touch screen doesn't work or like the Wi-Fi won't connect or your cell phone's just not working. And the best thing that you can do is just turn it off and reboot the whole thing. And I think that's very similar to what we needed earlier on in our relationship. Well, speaking of getting married, we did ultimately end All up right, chapter hurdling, two. hurdling that uh, initial challenge. And I think Anthony's probably right. What he's alluding to, it probably made us stronger as a couple. And I'm glad that we kind of got it out of the way early on as opposed to later. Yeah, you know, uh, just to jump in real quick, when you think about it, I think... Um it's not that uncommon like, for a yeah, couple that gets married yeah. to have like an early like, uh, mm, hurdle, yeah, hiccup, yeah. Uh, break, breakup, um, whatever you want to call it. I totally agree. I did want to say, though, that our relationship isn't perfect and it certainly didn't, you know, like it wasn't like a thousand percent improvement after we got back together. There were a lot of hiccups uh, that continued to challenge us throughout our relationship. One of the questions that somebody asked in my threads, I don't know if you guys are on threads, but one of the questions that was I'm asked not. in my... Okay. I'm very proud to not be on threads, <laughs> nor Twitter. In my threads was how we navigate an interracial relationship. So I'm going to let Anthony handle that one first. Honestly, <laughs> for me, it's it's only a very minor issue because it's it's issue is not the right word that makes it sound like it's a problem because it's it can be a problem sometimes yeah but it's only something that i think about even in the slightest because you think about it and you comment on it and um so i think there's not much for me to say in that regard I mean, it's more about you, you you i think okay let's think of it this way then are there any benefits to being an interracial relationship? Sure. I've learned a lot about um, Korean cuisine in particular. <laughs> Korean uh, vegan but, food. But Korean culture, it's, I mean, I'm sure sooner or later I would have made my way to Korea, uh, if, it, or I'd say it's likely anyway, had we never met. But um, certainly all kinds of things about Korean culture. Uh, and as I said, you know, obviously, uh, especially Korean cuisine that I've learned about through you, through being with you. Uh, and there's probably a lot of things I'm thinking about as we got into the, the last few years with with the Asian hate situation, stuff that certainly I'm able to um, understand much better uh, given that I'm with, with, uh, with you. So. Mm. Do you think that prior to meeting me that you felt that a large part of your identity was a function of your cultural background or health heritage? Because, Anthony, you're Italian-American, right? Yes, I, I don't know if I feel 
Like when you think of who am I, do you think I am an Italian American man who, you know, born and raised in America, professor of music, concert pianist? Sure, but you're asking spe uh, specifically about the Italian part, I think, given uh, the initial question. So I think I think that more because I spent so much time in Italy, not mm. just because I have this stamp, like, you know, I have some Italian blood or, or whatever, but it's not, it's something that that's important to me given that my, my father grew up there, but that doesn't mean that, that my partner had to be an Italian American woman sure. or any of those kinds of things. And so um, the fact is, and I obviously I just know this from uh, years of being together, that for me, it was no big deal. And it was not out of the ordinary um, dating an Asian woman. Mm, mm. So I think that one of the differences between Anthony and me, even before we met, obviously apart from the fact that he's Italian American and I'm Korean American, he's a man, I'm a woman, is the, is the fact that being Korean American was a huge part of my identity. It just, you know, by virtue of feeling somewhat othered my whole life as a Korean American, it just became a thing, like not by choice necessarily, but just it was part of who I was. So many of my memories growing up were about, well, being different and, and not fitting in for any number of reasons, whether it was because I didn't speak English, like that was my first, you know, big awakening. Wow, like the world is really different out there. They don't speak the same language as me because I learned Korean before I learned English. And then of course, um, noticing that most of the kids at school in kindergarten, they didn't look anything like me. And they also didn't dress like me because my grandmother who raised me when I was little, she dressed me in like pseudo Korean clothes. <laughs> so that was like really embarrassing when I first went to school. And of course, you know, my food wasn't the same. Um, my experience at home where we spoke Korean with my grandma and you know, the food that we ate and also even just the way that we interacted with each other culturally was so different from what I saw when I went over to my friend's house or what I saw on television as the quintessential American family. And so growing up, that sort of disparity between what I was experiencing as who I was and what it seemed as everyone else around me was experiencing in a largely majority, you know, white American suburb, I couldn't not incorporate that into who I was and ultimately who I embraced as I got older. So I think that, you know, being in an interracial relationship, again, it was my first one. I was married to a Korean American and then ultimately married Anthony. It had its ups and downs, I would say. Like there were times where I was like, wow, like I, Sometimes I have a hard time relating to him and I think he has a hard time relating to me because our experiences are so different and that can be about anything. It could, you know, if I grew up in a single home, you know, single family home, like if my mom was a single mom or if a single dad and Anthony grew up with two parents, like that very different experience could also create you know, friction and gaps in our ability to relate to each other. So it's not limited to race or culture or anything like that. I think it speaks to just different experiences. I will say like the only time where it became extremely difficult for us to navigate that was in 2016 
um, like a year into the Korean vegan when I had created that. And, uh, you know, our country, the United States sort of erupted in this crazy amount of divisiveness as a result of the election. And I think I felt that so much more than Anthony did at the time. It hurt me like way more than it hurt Anthony. And I think it was hard for me because I felt very alone at that time. I felt like I'm on an island here. Um, I didn't have a lot of Asian American friends at the time and the closest person to me in my life was not an Asian American or a person of color and it made me feel especially alone at that time. But you know, one of the things that Anthony said during that time that I think really helped us and that made things a lot better was when he acknowledged that there was really no way for him to truly appreciate how I felt about everything that was going on at that time in our country because he, he wasn't me and he didn't know what it was like to be, uh, you know, an Asian American woman during that time. Do you remember that? Sure. I think that's a healthy perspective for any of us to have. I forget what we were, we were watching something the other, other night and I said, I would never say that when someone said, I know how you're feeling. And I was like, I would never say that because yeah. there's no way to know. And that's just obvious, you know, I, there's no way. But even if it's like not saying that, like, I know exactly what you're feeling. It's also like not acting like that. You know, sometimes we go through life acting like, yeah, I know exactly how you feel. I know exactly what you should or would do in a given situation. Because I think we're sort of built to just take some things for granted, like, oh, the way we view the world is the way that everybody mm. else views the world. But I think so even beyond just saying, I don't know what you're going through, I think what Anthony evidenced to me at that time was, yes, I don't know what you're going through, but he also implicitly acted in a way that gave me a lot of space to feel what I was feeling, whether it was rage, betrayal, hurt, you know, sadness, depression, all of those things. He opened up that space for me, which I think was really important. All right. Next question. How has <clears throat> Anthony felt about my recent popularity on YouTube? I feel great about it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the larger question is, uh, how do you feel about your wife being a star or making more money or doing this, that, or the other thing? That I feel fantastic about. I mean, I always felt like if I run a mile in seven minutes and my wife runs it one second faster, awesome. If I make $50,000 and my wife makes 51, awesome. 52, even better. Like, I, I don't understand the concept of, of needing to be better because ultimately we should mostly and most things strive to be the best that we can be. And um, if my partner is, is slightly better or a whole lot better, and I'm already performing in my potential, I'm going to celebrate that. That's not a problem for me. That's, yeah. And that's like completely the opposite. It's, it's something uh, beautiful. I remember one time a follower who was watching a video of me and Anthony, we were doing a live on Instagram where we were talking about something and they commented that it was obvious that Anthony was threatened by my success <laughs> and that he was trying to <laughs> cut me off obvious. and mansplain everything <laughs> in order to compensate for his feelings of inadequacy when compared to my success. I just want to say, I know what that looks like. I've experienced that by a partner before where they are so 
threatened by the way that I talk, the kind of books I read, um, the art that I prefer, and of course, uh, my salary. I've lived that relationship and I know exactly what that looks and feels like and that is not has never <laughs> ever been an issue with our relationship. Anthony is 100% right. He's only ever been my biggest cheerleader. He, I think, understands the concept of partnership, which is the more that I succeed, the more that we succeed, and vice versa. The more that he succeeds in any of his musical endeavors or even his parochial ones, those are the things that I'm going to feel very proud of and feel like, hey, we're, we're in it as a team. Well, anyway, I think that's it. That will conclude our second episode of The Molinaros. For those of you who are listening via podcast, you should check out that first episode of The Molinaros on the Korean Vegan YouTube channel. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank yeah. you for joining our five-year wedding anniversary. I'd like to say happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. And thank you all for listening. We if, made it five years, guys. If you enjoyed this, fantastic. If you didn't, don't worry. The third uh, installment of the <laughs> we'll Molinaros will be out years. in 2025. <laughs> no, no, we're going to do this again. If you guys like this, we'll continue doing these. <laughs> okay. Just uh, hit us uh, in the comments with any questions you'd like us to answer or tell us if you like this. And of course, remember to subscribe. Okay. Ciao. Bye. Thanks everyone for joining me for another episode of Are You Ready with Joanne Molinaro, the Molinaro's edition. I appreciate all of you for listening to this week's episode and for celebrating our five-year wedding anniversary with us. If you enjoy this episode, do me a favor and hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And in particular, let me know if you enjoyed hearing from Anthony. I don't know how I feel about hearing from spouses of my favorite podcasters. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I'd really appreciate some honest feedback on that. And if I discover that you all did like hearing from him, we'll certainly have him on again. Just a heads up, we are going to be taking a very, very short break, i.e. one episode worth of a vacation. Anthony and I are hitting the road for a couple of work engagements. And as a result, we'll be spending the following week regrouping and making sure that we've lined up some really, really amazing interviews and story times ahead. Don't worry, we'll be back ready and better than ever in the following week. Until then, I hope you have a wonderful and lovely day.